Welcome to Heather Sells NYC with your host, Heather M. Cooper. Each episode is focused on helping people navigate through the intricacies of buying and selling real estate in New York City to get the greatest value. You can find this show on all the major platforms, including YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on our website, heathersellsnyc.com. Now here's the host of Heather Sells NYC, Heather M. Cooper. Good morning, Carla. How are you? Good morning, Heather. I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. I've been really wanting to interview you just for an introduction to my guests. Carla is a matrimonial and family law attorney. She has been practicing for 20 years. Wow. That is a long time. It is a long time. Time flies, right? As they say, when we're having fun. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. I'm excited to dig into matrimonial and family law and the intricacies of what happens and how it happens and how it affects how it affects real estate. Um, so why don't we just why don't we just kick off? Sure. Um, just to you know, give the guests a little background about you. You know, everybody always wants to know how did you get into you know matrimonial and family law? Like, <laughs> was that something that from like you know when you were little that you dreamed of? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was started that you know early in my life, but um, what I'll say is you know I've I've always been drawn to work that helps people um, where I can really make a difference. And um, I studied as a sociology major, but really focused on the family dynamic in my undergraduate studies. Uh, so it seemed an, a, certainly a natural fit that once I decided to go to law school, which I did always want to do, that that certainly predated the undergraduate degree. I, I always kind of knew I wanted to be a lawyer, just wasn't sure. Um, you know, what type. And, and that was that developed really, you know, later after I studied uh, undergraduate. And then I chose a law school. I went to CUNY Law School in uh, 1994 to 1997, where my uh, law school years um, and CUNY's mission uh, was and still is uh, law in the service of human needs. And it was a really good fit for me uh, together with, uh, you know, really wanting to help families that are in need at a really difficult time. So in part, I think it comes naturally to me as who I am as a person and as a professional. Um, and it's really a pleasure to be able to work in a career um, that is um, really makes a difference in people's lives. That is really great. I mean, being a matrimonial attorney and having to go to court and you know solving problems on a daily basis and then sometimes dealing with you know people people fighting and unhappy i mean how do you um keep your keep yourself sort of even even keeled when there's so many angry people <laughs> yeah yeah it's it, it's not easy by any stretch for sure um but you know i 
I think my years of experience, certainly my tolerance for working within the profession and dealing with those heavy issues, very emotional, very difficult. Um, uh, yes, and it, it's not, you know, most times people aren't getting along. That's why they, they need a lawyer for, for help. Um, I, I try not so much, you know, it's my job. I've always viewed my role for my clients as not getting absorbed in in the stress of the situation. It, it, it's sort of my job, I feel, to take it down a notch or two or three for them and help them and navigate. You know, so I very much uh, see myself at, you know, steering the ship in many ways um, to to navigate the, the, the rough seas, so to speak, to help them. Um, that helps because I'm, I'm certainly not stressed out like my clients are um, or over the situation or have that. I don't carry that anxiety with me more. I really view my role as, as to avoid that for them. And I certainly don't get wrapped up in the emotion of what they're going through. Um, that, that wouldn't be helpful to them. Um, and so then, you know, in my downtime on my weekends and evenings, I really do try to uh, create space for myself and my family. I, you know, enjoy family and friends. Um, I have a, you know, personal workout routine. I go to the gym. I do what I need to do to um, to reset myself so that I can, you know, be prepared again, you know, day after day to to help the, in the way that I'm needed. Would have to really rejuvenate, spend time with your family and, you know, just have a lot of, have a lot of downtime. I mean, balance is key, right? It is for all of us, you know, uh, working, you know, working in a, a good work life balance is very helpful. Um, I also find it very helpful to, to put down the phone <laughs> on the weekends and step away um, uh, as much as, you know, uh, albeit emergencies, but, you know, and those do arise in this profession, but uh, blocking out time to answer the emails that come in over the weekend uh, works far better in, in being able to do that and, and rest a little bit. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there could be Um, but it's good that you know how to navigate that. And, um, you know, in real estate, it's, it's always about like pain or pleasure, having, having people make a move and in matrimonial and family law, it's really about pain and, you know, as a matrimonial attorney, I guess, do, do you have a preference? Um, for representing, um, do you, do you have a preference for, um, the person that wants a divorce? Yeah. Um, would you be, I didn't hear part of your question. Could you repeat that again? So sorry, so sorry. Do you have a preference for, you know, representing, say, the husband who initiated the divorce or the wife who, you know, I guess what, the plaintiff or the defendant 
not that I'm an attorney, but <laughs> right, right. One of one of one, each has to take a take that uh, that role, that plaintiff or defendant uh, position. But um, I don't, I don't have, have um, a preference. Per se. No, I definitely don't have a preference with you know which which side I am or even how I come into the case. Um, the plaintiff in a divorce case, um, probably this goes for most cases, um, uh, if it comes to the time of trial, um, is able to present his or her case first. So that's really the only benefit. And sometimes I always tell people, sometimes that's not a benefit. Sometimes you want to go second um, and let let the uh, plaintiff, um, you know, person who filed go first. Uh, but it really does. It, there is no, um, you know, benefit to to that, um, other than that particular strategy. And in most cases, it really, not, um, you know, one way or the other is not going to be the driving force. Um, in many cases that we handle in New York, uh, parties don't even go to court until the very end. It, it actually gets filed as an uncontested divorce. Um, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that the parties were always getting along and that they did it themselves and, and just, you know, was able to sub submit divorce papers. Sometimes there's a lot, a lot of work, many couple of years could go by trying to get a case done. And then at the end it's filed as an uncontested. So um, it, it doesn't mean that you have to be in the courtroom, you know, litigating and having a case on the court's docket in order to, in order work, to work on the divorce. Got it. Got it. Very, very interesting the world of divorce and family law. Yeah. Never, it's never a dull moment, right? It, it is. And that's part of why I really like the profession. Every day is different. We may get involved in, uh, you know, similar issues arise, but every case is different because every marriage is different and we're all individuals, you know, and what uh, works for one set of people isn't going to work for another. So it, it allows us to learn a lot. Um, you know, real estate comes up a lot. Um, for some people, their main and primary asset is their home. Um, and that becomes a difficult thing to divide. <laughs> uh, who's going to move out? When? Is it going to get sold? Is it not? Uh, so that, so really it gets very involved. Um, and uh, those are all always different issues depending on what type of home, apartment, condo, co-op, you know, all the ins and outs of the different types of uh, real estate in New York City. Right. And that was going to be the next question. Like what mm -hmm. if, but what if somebody comes to me and says, And they want to sell their apartment, but and then I later realize after doing going through a whole listing presentation that they're going through a divorce. They failed, yeah. they failed to tell me that little important part. Yeah. So then, well, you know, a couple of things. It they don't have to. I mean, um, you know, prospective buyers might not want to know that this house is, this, you know, in a divorce case. And so they may they, they may, may not tell the realtors. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Um, it really is probably a case by case situation. However, um, what is a big no, no, is that a one spouse cannot 
sell or move forward with a sale of a residence while the divorce case is pending unless there is an agreement. Um, when, when someone starts a divorce case, um, there's something called automatic orders. And those automatic orders come down from the court, they're served with the summons, and it starts right away uh, as soon as the divorce filing. And uh, that prohibits parties from selling assets. No matter who's on title, no matter what that person may think, well, I owned this before the marriage, it's my premarital property, I could sell it. You can't sell it pending, while well, a divorce case is pending, unless you have written agreement from, the, from your spouse. So it would be a violation of the automatic orders. Um, we see it happen. It does happen. And then, you know, one, one side's going to rush to court to get a restraining order um, against the other. And there's, it's, it's potentially contempt of court because it is an, it's an automatic order. Um, and it is exactly that. It's an order. So that's something you have to be very careful of, uh, you know, two parties are on the deed or the shares of stock for a co-op or whatever the case is, um, you'll, you'll want the consent of both to sign. Now, if they're both signing a listing agreement, that's indicative that they agree to sell it. Right, right. And for the most part, I, you know, I usually like when both parties agree, but what happens if I meet with, you know, one owner and then the other owner doesn't want to use me? Or they want to, you know, interview three the three different agents. Sure. Does that yeah, have to? They have, you know, the lawyers would be negotiating with each other for on behalf of their clients yes. uh, uh, about okay. the aspects of sale. sale. It comes down to when to list it. Potentially, it could say, you know, what the starting listing price should be. Uh, who is chosen to sell or list, excuse me, as the agent. Um, and and generally speaking, there's got to be notification and consent ultimately each step of the way. So that is something that we, we like to see ironed out and we can help with. Um, and as, a, as agents, you know, if you learn you have two parties who are having trouble in that realm because they are separating, uh, one good thing to do is suggest that, that you can collaborate with their divorce lawyers because that really does help. Um, I like to get, um, you know, the agent that we use ultimately together, uh, potentially on a call um, so that everybody is, you know, understanding the same facts. <laughs> right, right. I would think that it would be super, super important to work with work with all parties and work together um to to make sure that everybody's that everybody's happy definitely yeah, that's that, that's the main goal right 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 <laughs> yes to make sure that it, you know the real estate agent that is hired gets them the highest price and the quickest in the quickest time possible definitely that's always helpful is there anything that perhaps that you see that um, that that I can know um, be prepared for as a real estate agent if somebody that is getting divorced or has been divorced? Sometimes um, somebody may come to me and divorce, and they may say, "I still own the apartment." And then what happens five years five years later? Um, sometimes there's a divorce decree that says. 
you know, they don't need to sign, but in a co-op, it said that they do need to sign. So it just gets, you know, a little, a, a little hairy. So, yeah, it's really helpful um, for you to see the that portion anyway of their settlement agreement or judgment of divorce. You know, if they went to trial, they're going to get a um, a written decision from the judge that ultimately gets uh, part get, becomes part of that judgment of divorce. Uh, or there will more more times than not, you'll see a written settlement agreement, and there'll be uh, provisions about the house and how that's dealt with. So it's it's always a, a good idea maybe to have some knowledge of that um, so you know who's responsible for what. Ultimately, what ends up happening is when it's time for closing is, you know, and in my opinion, that's sometimes, you know, not too late, but it's stressful to suddenly hear that, you know, what what does this the settlement statement look like? Who's writing the check to who? Where do the proceeds go? So it's important to know especially when it comes down to closing. What are you doing with the money? Are you distributing it to them? Are you distributing it to some law firm to hold an escrow? Because what we often do is there could be agreement to sell it, but there may not be agreement as to how to distribute the proceeds of the sale. And so um, that's that's very important. So uh, finding out perhaps as a realtor at some point, uh, maybe after, um, the listing agreement is, you know, it, it may, it's, it's a tough issue because some parties really don't want prospective buyers to know there's maybe a divorce going on because whether or not something gets held up or, you know, things of that nature. I mean, because of these rules about, you know, proceeding and having them agree. So it's really good to know what stage they're at. Um, are they in divorce? At what stage is it? Is there agreement on the aspects of the sale? Um, and ultimately what to do with the proceeds. And if some lawyers haven't sort of dug deep enough and put all of those provisions in, there's going to be open, there's going to be problems at the time of closing that I always see them get resolved. Nobody wants to blow up a sale, you know, um, over not having dealt with the issues, but it causes quite a frenzy. <laughs> Everybody's on the phone and, you know, trying to work on things that, with very short notice. Right. I can imagine. That would be really helpful to everybody. And it's always good to work collaboratively with the real estate agent um, and the lawyers if possible. Yeah, it's certainly um, helpful for all parties to work together and probably for the real estate agent to do their due diligence and to ask all of these questions to you. the relevant information in order to move forward and in order to sell, sell the property in a, in a timely fashion. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, in, definitely. What would you say just for, for having, just for having fun, like as a matrimonial attorney, mm -hmm. um, you know, is what would you say would be like the most uh, difficult, difficult part of your job? Of my job as a whole, the most difficult part, um, 
Hmm. It's, uh, to think about that one, I would say the most difficult part of the job is getting to, to a place where we can discuss division of property, custody, support, um, in the early parts of the filing of divorce. It's very difficult for people to go through this, even if they want the divorce. It's very, very difficult to take that first step most times to file, to send that letter, to get that lawyer, to send the letter to, to the other spouse to say, we're moving forward, to have those discussions even. I mean, many times I'm retained well before there's any action on a divorce, just to learn about the process. The person wants to know the process, what to expect, and sort of to get mentally prepared for what lies ahead. Um, so I think the most difficult and challenging part is moving through that initial, maybe, maybe first, first month of the representation when this is new, because people generally are acting more on emotion than on um, on a sort of level playing field as to what does this realistically look like down the road a year or two or three, um, you know, once this change occurs. It's a major life event. It's a major life change. Um, that's challenging. It's challenging to work with people. And I think it calls for a great amount of empathy, uh, understanding patience, certainly. So um, patience for, uh, is just required for any matrimonial lawyer. But the more patience a person has, I think uh, the better it is for the clients. Absolutely. Absolutely. Patience is certainly key when it comes to divorce, when it comes to when it comes to real estate. I mean, I understand that by working with buyers by working with sellers many people want to sell want, want to sell yesterday no yeah. is there a type of divorce like is one divorce like you know somebody's been married for like a year as opposed to married for 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 20 years can one divorce be a little bit a little bit more difficult or every divorce kind of has their little intricacies so to, so to speak. Sure. Well, I think custody cases and um, issues of involving the children are, are very hard, um, can take, are very time consuming often. Uh, those cases can be very challenging. Uh, and then, so that could be a very short, you know, um, marriage, but yet you have a child together. So that, that um, can, can cause for a lengthy battle can be cause for a custody fight, you know, uh, sharing time and decision-making around the child is difficult for people who aren't getting along, who don't want to be together anymore. Um, the issues that rise in a longer term marriage, there's generally more assets divide to divide. There could be multiple homes. Uh, there could be businesses and business interests that need to be valued and divided and, and, things to be determined along the way. Um, with that, um, there's generally more assets in a longer term marriage. Uh, so the issues over, you know, what it looks like for division and support alimony 
Uh, it's called spousal maintenance in New York. Some states will call it alimony. Um, the support of one spouse to the other and payment of child support. All of those issues come into play. Um, and really, whether it's a one-year marriage, you know, or or a twenty-year marriage, those same issues are going to come in. Right. Thank you. Thank you. And for our listeners who might be going through a divorce or considering it, what what advice or key takeaways would you would you give to them? Being you know a matrimonial attorney for twenty for twenty plus years. And- sure. I I think knowledge is everything. Um, it really helps. The process, and so to you know, have a consultation, even if it's something that you're thinking of that you don't envision taking steps to really act on, ever or years down the line, but getting knowledge of the process and kind of entering the situation with you know eyes wide open and getting information from professionals is is key. Uh, I think that that's really good. Um, Unfortunately, there are situations where sometimes a spouse, you know, doesn't know the other wants a divorce and suddenly it happens. Um, But again, still meeting with a lawyer, understanding your rights as a parent and a spouse and a an owner of property. You know, New York is an equitable distribution state. It does not matter if you're titled on the house. It doesn't matter who's if you're titled on the bank account. You know, unless there's a prenuptial agreement, anything acquired after the marriage is considered marital property. Uh, so you have equitable interests, even if not a, as a title owner. Uh, so not knowing about that uh, is very, very helpful, I think. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Knowledge is certainly power. And mm-hmm. Carla is offering a 30-minute consultation. Is that correct? Yes, yes. I'll uh, offer a, a free 30-minute consultation as an initial meet. I think I, I, what I f- have found in my practice is the divorce lawyer that a person chooses, the matrimonial lawyer, custody lawyer, doesn't always have to be divorce, um, it is a personal choice and you need to know that you can work with a person that you select or hire. Uh, so I, that's why I offer free consultations so that people can judge and uh, get a feel of if I'm the right person for them. Thank you so much. So Carla's contact information will be below um, with her email, her LinkedIn, and her phone number if you have any questions. Well, thank you, Heather. Everything will be kept confidential, so don't worry about that. Thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Take care. You've been tuning into Heather Sells NYC with your host, Heather M. Cooper. You can find more episodes on all the major platforms, including YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on our website, heathersellsnyc.com. Thank you for your positive reviews, comments, questions, and for sharing this show with others.